welcome to the first installment of the NDY, the Not Dead Yet, the Indie News Flash. Tim, what is it called? I'm good with anything you want to call it, John. So this is going to be a learning experience. We're going to have some guests on. Today it's just Tim and I, and then we have a special guest uh, later in the show. But it's going to be 10 to 15 minutes of uh, Tim and I just talking about some topics that are pertinent to the industry. And that will uh, take place every Monday. And then Fridays will just kind of be a quick weekend review. So, But you know how I know it's going to work out? Because you and I are doing it? No. This. What do you think of that, Tim? Huh? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that sound in so long. It's funny though, because I've got it. I've got a manual typewriter in my office on my shelves that is circa 1925. It's an antique typewriter that I I don't use, but it's just to remind me of days of yore when I first got into the when I first went to journalism school out of high school. Um, we didn't still have. Well, we did have typewriters. We had our first. First alliteration of Max back then in 1985. Yeah, I have the same old typewriter sitting on my uh, one of my side tables here, and I actually went to to go peck at it, and the the uh, key stuck. So was it? Yeah, mine's make an sound? old mine's an old Underwood typewriter. You would look at it and go, "Oh, it must be worth something." Yeah, cost of materials, it may be worth about seven dollars and eighty five cents at the scrapyard. It may be worth that but yeah it's just a kind of a cool looking old relic speaking of old relics i think one of the first things we're going to talk about is uh what some may look as the new old new deal with uh the recent american jobs plan that uh, congress has started to talk about yeah it's a pretty aggressive plan uh under president biden uh, the American Jobs Plan. I'm all on board with it, man. There's a lot of different facets to it. There's too much to get into um, on one show, so we'll take a little bit of what's pertinent to, you know, the plumbing and heating guys. I think, but uh, you know, the infrastructure actually was brought up a lot in the previous administration, and nothing was ever done, and it was almost like this. Uh, you know, this carrot that was hanging over everyone's head and, and just never, never went through with it. So I'm actually excited to see this, you know, within six months of the new administration trying to um, improve the the rating. I think it was an overall a D plus was America's infrastructure. Yeah, I, I, I think I heard over the weekend we're ranked 13th in the world in infrastructure. And, you know, I looked at... I, to actually look at all the information that you can find. I mean, I tried to dive down as much as I could, and it's certainly big and bold. There's no doubt about that. Um, as I indicated, it's like this generation's new deal uh, that FDR had in the, in the 30s, where you know we think back to what happened in the 30s with the new deal and all the things that we have today that uh, were you know, created uh, by that new deal. So hopefully, you know, 50, 60, 70 years from now, this America's jobs plan that they're uh, pushing forward with, that's three, uh, $2 trillion. And I think 1.3 trillion really will benefit the building trades, um, be it roads and repairs and bridges and 
uh, marinas to actual building infrastructures. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. It says $111 billion will go toward uh, replacing... Drinking water. Well, yeah, replacing lead service lines. Mm -hmm. So that's going to create, I would imagine, a lot of new jobs and kind of stimulate the economy towards construction or in in regard to... Yeah, I mean, and that's that's just the... Uh, I believe the drinking, the clean drinking water portion of it. There's, I mean, if you take a deep dive, there are so many things that could benefit. Even the you know, monies for retool and revi- revitalization of manufacturing, to uh, money for training, uh, money for uh, labor reforms. I mean, there's all kinds of. When you're talking two trillion dollars. You're talking a little bit of money. So there's a lot of money for a lot of different hands. Well, and especially, you know, we just went through and are currently going through the the COVID pandemic. And uh, part of the plan is to renovate and retrofit uh, schools. Mm -hmm. I'm just pointing out schools. Yeah. Just because I'm kind of going through it with my kids. But there is a huge opportunity to put better ventilation systems into schools, which indirectly or directly helps with COVID to have more circulation in the classrooms. I know one of the, the sticking points to going back full time in our community was the six feet social distancing down to, I think it's three feet now. And to alleviate fears among teachers and parents and students alike, you know, having better ventilation systems, if you're going to go down to three feet, I think that's huge. I think that's that's huge. So there's a lot of opportunity for plumbing and HVAC contractors to get involved with this new plan. Yeah, not only in schools, but they're a big chunk for veterans affairs. As a veteran myself, I think that's it, it's desperately needed. And looking at some of the issues that have happened in uh, these veteran hospitals or care centers over the last couple of years. I mean, with Legionella here in Illinois, where John and I are both located, they they had an outbreak of Legionella in one of the veterans facilities about a year and a half ago. And I want to say that they had 38 deaths related to it. So things like that, that uh, these, you know, there's they've dedicated funds to support uh, the infrastructure and the uh, revitalization and refurbishing of uh, those 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 facilities. So that's, that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll get someone on who's a lot smarter than us to kind of sift through, uh, a lot of this. (laughs) That won't be too hard. (laughs) Well, at the end of the day, like I said, it's a pretty big and bold initiative, as you said, and as well, I, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it and how it's funded and stuff like that, but I think for our country and, you know, for rebuilding, revitalizing, uh, restructuring, uh, strengthening our economy, strengthening our our kind of place in the world. I, I think it's a plan that um, is pretty. I mean, it's got pretty good support, obviously from one side more than the other. But I'm just taking a brief over look at it. I, it's. I think it will really benefit our our industry for sure. Yeah, and I, I would say also, um, you know, a lot of our audience are. Um, residential contractors or maybe smaller mm-hmm. contractors 
there's a good deal of our audience that uh, delve into that kind of work, but they might be asking, well, what is it really going to do for me? I mean, a lot of these jobs are union jobs. Yep. Where, where is the money going to go to? How is the, how is the money funneled into, into these companies? So I guess I could see devil's advocate saying, well, how is it going to affect me? How is it going to help my, how, you know, my socioeconomic status? There's, there's a lot to be seen uh, in the coming months, how this kind of plays out. Well, as it, you know, it funds infrastructure, clean energy, innovation, R and D and, manufacturing the workplace and residential markets. I'm that's kind of trickle down at some way, somehow I would, mm-hmm. I would hope. So pretty confident that should this pass, um, I think over the next what, eight years, uh, we will see our industry um, succeed from it. What other kind of news you got going, got going on that you've uh, picked up on? Are we going to talk about stink bugs? Stink bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I, John and I were talking before we jumped online and he was telling me about this, something he was, he saw online and I was like, that sounds like stink bugs. And sure enough, I pulled up a picture of the Western conifer. What is it? The Western conifer seed bug. And sure enough, it looks like a stink bug that we traditionally see here in the central part of the United States and my case, Illinois. So, yeah, I guess in the, you know, Western regions of the U S there's a, maybe a minute problem, a minor problem with these bugs that uh, get into people's homes and kind of do damage into boring into wood or, you know, piping or things like that. And so I saw a post online uh, recently and it just was an interesting little fact. Like you said, Tim, I was like, oh my God, that's like a stink bug here. Yeah. You never, you never understand the evasiveness and, and what the ecology of these bugs are and how they may affect Things as simple as our piping systems in our homes or the woods. Obviously, we know what termites in our are and stuff. But yeah, when John brought this up to me prior to jumping on, I was like, "You're kidding me!" I'd ne- I never would have known that these little western conifer seed bugs could be an issue on the west coast with piping systems in our homes. So interesting. All right, Tim, we're on to our next topic. What happened in? Texas with the the cold snap and the storms, the after effects of that. And I am super excited. Our our next guest, she is like ground zero in Dallas, Texas. She's the wow, mark. Ground zero. <laughs> is, is she going to talk to us about contractor getting as I understand it? Yeah. Uh, she's awesome. a marketing consultant for the building and construction industry in Texas. Lisa Pirelli, thanks for jumping on. Hello, John and Tim. How are you guys today? Yeah, we wanted to have you on and talk about what happened in in, in Texas. And I, I got to start off. I had a question asked of me, and it said, uh, "You know, they they knew the weather forecast was coming. Why didn't they prepare?" You know, if you've ever been to Texas, mm-hmm. the weather can change on a dime. Mm-hmm. And so many times our weathermen will tell us that we're going to get cold and we're going to get snow and it never happens. So no, you know, no blue Northern, no blue Northern, you know, where it drops 30 degrees in a day. Mm -hmm. So people were expecting it to get cold, but they just didn't expect it to get that cold. Even though I will say 
they were saying it was going to get that cold. And mm-hmm. I have to say, I'm married to a man from the Northeast. So this was his first really big cold weather snap in Texas. And he probably it. just went, what's this? Well, he chuckled a little bit. and he. Did, but I do have to say he went out, got some ice melt Mm -hmm. and, you know, did some of these little things that I would have never even done, Mm -hmm. but we did, you know, do the whole food stock up the whole bit. We're ready for our little three day vacation that comes with our winter storms in Texas, because we're not, you know, we're just not equipped on our roads or anything for this, but this cold, it was the cold, not so much the snow or the ice that was bad. It was the cold weather, the entire state was below freezing Mm -hmm. for consecutively three days. I mean, I mean, when I say below freezing, I mean down into to zero or below zero. I mean, I'm I'm used to that in Amarillo, but I think Houston, and I don't think of that in Houston. Right. I mean, my cousins live down in Galveston, and they sent me pictures of snow on the beach, which I I don't remember. But here's a little top fact. You know, me and my facts, John. Oh, I love top facts. I looked it up because I thought snow in Galveston. And 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 by the way, 80% of her top facts are true. So That's right. (laughs) So, But I wanted to look and see what what the record snowfall was for Galveston, Mm -hmm. right? Because you think Galveston, Texas, you know, Mm -hmm. their record snowfall is 20 inches. Way, way back when, over a hundred years ago. Yeah, Ice Age. You know, so, you know, you didn't think it ever got that cold there, but Mm. it did. And it got cold like that everywhere. And what had happened was, I don't know, you know, we're on our own electrical grid here. Mm -hmm. And they were supposed to winterize that grid. And they guess they did it probably a little bit more for North Texas than they did for South Texas. Mm -hmm. And, but the demand was so high that I heard on the news, we were less than five minutes away of a total blackout in the entire state. Wow. And I think the number was like four minutes and 36 seconds from a total blackout. But your house specifically didn't lose power. I never did. We were one of the very few. We didn't lose power. We didn't have any pipes bust. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were others that were so unfortunate that that was not the case. I mean, I had friends that had lost power for three days, two and three days. Mm -hmm. Um, Some were on the rolling blackouts Mm -hmm. uh, where others were you know, pipes busting and everything. And, you know, because I'm in the building and construction industry, I do work for contractors. Um, I do marketing for contractors. And, you know, we were sending e-blasts and all kinds of information out on how to, you know, turn off those water heaters so that those those lines up in the attic did not bust. But mm-hmm. that's what was happening. And then, of course, when the thaw happened, then you had the roof issues. Mm-hmm. And you were having the ice damming. Mm-hmm. So um, that was all new to Texans, completely new to Texans. Wow. And so how has it been now? I mean, pretty much back to normal well, or? Well, no, it's it's still not back to normal. Um, as a matter of fact, I have actually been fielding calls for one of my contractors and doing qualifying for people that are calling with water damage claims. Um, what happened, I guess, after you know, everybody got their power and needed to get their houses, get the restoration people in to, to dry everything out. 
Um, now they're starting to call around and trying to get contractors. Hmm. And that's where you come to the next level of the problem because Dallas Fort Worth has just been on a growth swing for the past five years easily um, where we've just had record numbers of people moving into the area. Hmm. Uh, Very similar to Austin. Right, right. And I think Dallas is even higher than Austin. And so what's happened is they, people, they've struggled to find homes. I mean, if you look at the number of homes, and as I just saw this yesterday on a market four years ago, there were close to a million homes in Dallas, Fort Worth listed for sale in in, in this month. And this year there's only 300,000. So people aren't moving, people aren't selling. And the people that are coming in, they're like, where are we going to find a home? Mm-hmm. So they're, so what started happening is people would just take what they could get and then go in and do substantial remodeling to homes to make it look the way they wanted it. So here's the contractors. They're already busy, you know, prior to COVID and then COVID hits. And so people are sitting around home for a year, right? And they're looking around and they need an office because they need to get, have privacy so they can work and be away from their kids who are also all home. Um, they need, and I, we, this is the calls we were getting. We were getting calls for offices. We were getting calls for master suites. We were getting calls for mother-in-law suites. Hmm. And because people were moving their parents into their homes, mm-hmm. they were getting them out of the assisted living facilities mm-hmm. because the way it worked, if you took, if you left the facility, you couldn't go back. So all the qualified remodelers and contractors right now are probably at least two to three months out before being able to even begin a new project. Mm. So that's prior to the storm. So that was the pandemic. So then you move a little bit further into the pandemic and what starts happening to all your supplies. Everything becomes a supply and demand Mm -hmm. because all your manufacturing plants all were on skeleton crews because every time someone got sick with COVID, then they had to stop producing. Mm -hmm. So your demands for your delays were in windows and doors and plumbing fixtures. And this was just through COVID. You know, that adds to your delays in your projects with the contractors. And, you know, most of my contractors that I do some work through or are familiar with, they usually wait until they have all the materials in before they start projects because they don't want to disrupt people's homes with missing parts and pieces, right? Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, everyone thought, oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen to, I'm talking about plumbing contractors, like, whew. This could be right. scary. And it was actually the opposite where. Uh, They've never been busier. Yeah. Right. They've never been busier. And so, and that's what happened with remodeling and just in the contracting industry in general. And then, like I said, you had your supply and demand. I think lumber right now, you're seeing like a lumber cost are up as much as 300% yeah. here in Texas right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a wild ride for them. And we don't see this slowing down at all one of the contractors I work with, they're actually trying to shift stuff. So people that have had, I mean, there are some people, you guys that had severe water damage in their home. Mm-hmm. They, they're not even living in it. Mm-hmm. And so their insurance companies are not going to pay for a hotel 
or another place to live for six months until they can get a contractor there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's pretty interesting at the, you know, the state everyone's in. And so I'm getting calls, not only do they have the water damage and they're trying to put their house back together, but they're thinking, you know what, why don't we just remodel the whole thing? Why should I have a 1983 kitchen that got severely water damage and make it, put it back together to look like a 1983 kitchen? Mm-hmm. Let's bring it up into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just been, you know, that just creates, I mean, you know what that creates, like a domino effect mm-hmm. of just, but they're calling that contractor Geddon because they can't get to it. Oh, yeah. And, and John, every show on HGTV for the next three years is going to be based out of Texas. Right. Well, right. Are you going to start a show, Lisa? I think I should, John. Yeah. You know? I think you should. Uh, but, I'm, but, you know, and the sad part is, is that, you know, guys, Texas is not a licensed state for contractors. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because it's not, you know, you're getting a lot of people moving into the area that maybe aren't so qualified yeah. and hanging their shingle out that they can do it, do the work. And then they, you know, people hire them. And so, you know, one of the things that I've been doing is I've been really trying to educate and tell only people to be cautious about who they're hiring to make sure you get the referrals, you know, check for the proof of their liability insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure they're part of some good associations so that they have some staying power in the industry. Make sure they've been around for more than five years. Yeah. But I think, you know, as people become desperate to get the work done, they're just, they're finding anybody that'll do it. Is the state doing anything to, you know, look at the pr- solutions to the problems long-term or oh, t- are they really relying on the contractors to do all the fixing? Well, it's been in, that's an, that's a great question, Tim, because the state itself is definitely tacking the electric grid problem. Okay. Um, and they've, you know, they're in Texas's legislature only meets every two years. Mm-hmm. And so they, this was one that they put to the top of the list for this year because they had just gone into session when all of this hit. Um, and as you guys probably heard on national news, all those people that were working with um, Encore and all those different um, suppliers, um, electric grid suppliers, they all resigned from their positions. Yep. But yeah, so they've, they're definitely putting stuff into place. And I think as weather patterns change and we do get these freak weather patterns through now, everyone does. I mean, we're in the heart of tornado season right now. So you've just got to be prepared for it. And so I think that opened their eyes up quite a bit. So they've got legislature in place for that. And then I think they're revisiting some of this licensing too. Yeah, I know they did with roofers last year or the last two years ago. Come on, John. Matthew McConaughey is going to be the governor in two years and then everything yeah. will be all right, all right, all right. Correct? I guess. I, I'm not going to say happy to that, John. <laughs> not at all. I, I might think the Texans a bad joke on the all right, all right, all right. But yeah, uh, that all right, all right. That's exactly <laughs> what he would do because he wouldn't know what he's doing. But no, don't take take that out of there. I didn't say that. Uh oh. Uh oh. Matthew's on line one. Yes, what? he is. He's going to be calling you. He wants to talk to Lisa. Oh, okay. <laughs> bad news. <laughs> 
So Lisa, you up for being the Texas correspondent? I, that's a pretty big responsibility. I don't know. You're gonna I'm gonna have to get up on my on my numbers and statistics <laughs> when I talk to you guys. You know, I can't be saying it's 80% every time. No. I'll have to find some real numbers. So when you are giving me a topic, I'll make sure I research it really well for you. Ooh, like that. Like yeah, that. John, we need one. We need a correspondent in Texas with Lisa. We need one in California. We need one in Florida. We need one in the Northeast. I think that's not a bad idea. I actually heard that California had an earthquake this morning. Didn't hear that. I had yes, not heard that either. Did. It had a pretty big one in out right in L.A. Lisa's breaking. Um, Lisa's breaking news on our I'm podcast. News on your talk. I think it was a four but it was very deep in the ground. They make it. That's a more of a jolt. So this was a pretty good jolt. I heard no one was injured. But what, what part of California? Um, they said it was right near LA, right okay. outside of LA, Southern right. California. Yep. Lisa's also good at uh, talking sports, so we I can we could talk you know, Dallas I, Cowboys. Oh, they're not doing too well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. They've they got lots of changes. We'll see if old Dak can pretend he got paid a pretty good check. Yeah, we'll see if he can he can pull it out. Okay, for going for nine us. and seven, man, that's a pretty today, good today. Today, the Rangers are playing in a hundred percent capacity stadium. Oh, I saw that. Yes, first first stadium to do that in the entire world. Yeah, of course, Texas is always going to be that little uh, rebel trendsetter. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how many people get sick. Right? Yeah, no kidding. And I think they they say a hundred percent, but I still think they had spacing. I suppose so. the people that want to be or have concerns wouldn't go or would right. just be far away from people. Well, I, you know, our state's been open a hundred percent for probably about three weeks now, mm-hmm. or two or three weeks, and you know, people are just respectful of it. I mean, the people that want to wear masks wear masks. Um, the ones that don't, they don't. But, you know, there's still signs on doors where they tell people masks are required. Mm-hmm. So you have to respect that and wear your mask. If they don't have anything on the door, you don't have to wear it. Right. That's up to you, you know. So I think that's good. People should have choices. It's my backyard. I get to do what I want in it. Well, I just, you know, I think we still do live in a land of freedom. So mm-hmm. we should be able to make choices and use our brains to make the ones that we see are appropriate to us. And that's what I hope people are being smart about. That's the problem. You just never know. All right. That's it. I'm going to stop recording. Oh, actually I should say, thank you. I was going to say, John, you need to close this out officially. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. I have actually referred people from the plumbing industry and stuff to your site. That's good to hear. Yeah. I actually do. Anything that has to do with HVAC, I, I move them that way, too, as well. Mm. We appreciate that. John, we have over 3 million impressions last month in all of our platforms. Think about that. 3 million impressions. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's a pretty good number, guys. Well, Lisa, thanks for jumping on and being our Texas correspondent. I like being a Texas we correspondent. We got to get you like a, an official microphone with a press thing on it. You know, I, uh, I love my Texas.